Welcome everyone to Euphoria Season 3, Episode 2, a.k.a. Will the Real EU Super Team Please Stand Up? Um, I'm Dracos. This is Frost Cronin. Our special guest today is none other than G2 Wonder, one of the members of those rumored super teams, G2 and Misfits. Um, we're available on SoundCloud, YouTube, and iTunes. And if you are on YouTube and you're wondering how to navigate it, click Show More. There are timestamps in the description right there for you. Um, before we do... Like anything crazy, there's some topics today. We obviously want to talk about G2. Week one of LEC just happened. It was interesting. It was uh, there were some there were some difficulties along the way for some teams. Other teams did very well. Uh, so I'm curious, wonder how did how did week one feel from your perspective? Uh, I mean, week one was kind of was kind of pretty good for us. I would feel like. Uh, I mean, <laughs> our scrims up until then were like pretty decent. So I felt like we. I mean, we had a pretty easy 2-0. Can you reveal, and you don't have to, obviously, how many times did you scrim that seek and destroy comp? Uh, I mean, we actually didn't scrim it that much. Because so we, no one knew it was coming? Uh, we played it a couple of games. Of course, like we have to make sure that it's actually good. You know, We have to make sure it can actually win. But we also felt like when we played it, it was like kind of easy. So <laughs> we and wanted to practice like some more traditional AD carries, which we also played in week one, of course, and like just some, some other comps that we felt like would be good to practice. Yeah, you did. You got one Perks Mage game, you got one Perks AD Carry game. And for reference, the Seek and Destroy comp, I don't feel like that's been coined quite yet. So this is a reference to the Karthus, Jace, Zoe. You were playing Urgot that game, I believe, and there was a Rakan. But I feel, I feel like the Urgot and Rakan, less the center I, of attention. I was not destroying that much. Yeah, It was yeah. mostly the... I mean, the Rakan did a lot, I feel like. But the Rakan definitely did a lot. The, the Jace and Zoe did, did get some damage. The Jace, Zoe, Karthus feels like the, the, <laughs> oh, the, the core Karthus, trio yeah. of the, of this. what do you call it, search and destroy comp? No, it's the seek and destroy, seek because and destroy. we kept asking. We act, uh, asked Perks, and we're like, what would you call that comp? And he said, none of the names I have for it are broadcast appropriate. We go, well, that's probably fair. <laughs> <laughs> and But eventually management gave us the correct name. <laughs> seek, seek and destroy. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, obviously a really strong start for G2. Some teams did not quite hit the ground running. Fnatic uh, with the 0-2 start, I think a lot of people were disappointed. Uh, overall, I'd say hype week, though, because a lot of teams that were not expected to do well, one of them being Misfits um, for Frosco, they showed up, which was cool. Um, I am sorry, <laughs> Misfits, forever doubting you. <laughs> I was wrong. Fevy was fine. That said, a huge shout-out to Hansama and Maxlor. <laughs> You shout out to Gorilla, man. The Gorilla was amazing, but I just feel like Maxler just, I was like, it's all going to be about uh, mid-jungle priority. You're going to have to have a really proactive mid laner that's moving around. And Maxler was like, nah, game, run it bot. bot. Oh, God. Yeah, it felt like a lot of the games were like over from bot lane. Yeah. And over like in 10 minutes. And they, probably some would say they had like a more dominant first week than we did. Even though like, there are, I don't know if anyone. Just for the record, I I don't know if anyone would say. That. I mean, I saw like some. I saw some comments that were <laughs> oh. like, "Okay, is it Misfits? Is it G two? Maybe Misfits is like better than G two right now. We never know. I mean, it's first week, right? So mm -hmm. a lot of people have um, assumptions about like how the rest of the split is gonna go. Uh, I think Misfits bot lane got like a lot of good drafts, or they got a lot of good bot side drafts, which they could uh, capitalize on in snowball. So it was not that much that. They really like stomped them in terms of like team play or anything. They just like straight stomped them out of lanes, which I mean we kind of did as well in our games, but more so like Misfits bot lane were a lot, like took part in a lot of their wins. 
or like a lot of the elites of the game. What do you think is uh, more important to prioritize? Because the drafts are, are very different between a lot of teams. You have teams like Fnatic and Misfits who are putting a higher priority on securing like a stronger 2v2 in the bot side. Whereas you guys, it's all about the flex picks. It's all about securing the mm. 1v1 individual matchups and how you swap everything and having like those creative compositions. So do you inherently think there's one strategy or one meta that's defining LEC? Or is it just so team dependent right now? I think the meta right now is kind of like Worlds. I mean, there's like some different champs as well, but a lot of it is flex picks. And I think like one of our strengths compared to like probably any other team in the league is that we are so uh, creative when it comes to like all our picks and like just everything that happens in game as well, like where we would camp and where we would uh, get picks, which other teams necessarily wouldn't look for. And I think that has only gotten better with the addition of Caps and Miki, where they are like also very creative players. And I mean, Caps before played stuff like Wukong and Vayne Mid, and Miki had like some Gragas and all these other support champs. So we all have very uh, deep champion pools and we're all very creative. So I think that's like better than doing whatever Misfits is doing. I think our style is like a bit better because we have so many different avenues to go down. So to wrap you... it up, we have now discussed who is the best EU super team, and according to Wonder, it's G2 because <laughs> I mean, their always, creativity. <laughs> I will always vote myself as the, like our team as the best, so uh, maybe some people see it differently, but I would for sure say we are better. Yeah. I mean, it looks good. I'm curious when you talk about creativity and picks, though, do you count yourself among kind of Caps and Mickey as those innovators? Because I remember your time on Splice where you're playing like Talia top and just some random picks, and it, admittedly it's toned down I feel like uh, mm. in recent years, but I still feel like we, there is that, we've seen that spark from you before. Are you another guy who who is an innovator on this team who might bring out something a little bit crazy? Well, compared to other top laners, I feel like I definitely have an edge when it comes to champion pool and being able to like flex and play a lot of different champs. I feel like, like one of my strengths in particular is the way that I can pick up new champions and be really good at it from like the first couple of games. I don't need like as many games to practice or something like that. Um, I guess like an example is Aatrox when it got reworked. I could like play it instantly pretty much and still like be pretty good. And like I do want to say that some of that is you being good at picking up champions and some of that is Aatrox being like pants yeah, on yeah, head broken. I, I agree, I agree. <laughs> but I mean, still like I played, I played like a lot of champions when they got either reworked or like new champs were introduced. So uh, I think I'm pretty good at like, I guess having a lot of, a lot of champs to play. Do you think there's a point in which your champion pool gets diluted? You know, that some professional players can only come in and you know that, you know, professional players should theoretically be able to play anything as soon as it comes into meta because your guys' level is so high. But at some point, do you only practice like five or six champions and then once you get to the seventh one, it's not as good because it's hard to balance that many champions on that high of a level? Yeah, I mean, it depends on the meta mostly. I think sometimes it's really good, like for example, Right now, I think it's good to have like a deeper champ pool since so many lanes share like the same champions as well. So maybe one game, Aatrox, Urgot and Akali is banned, which is like a lot of games and Aurelia is picked, but it's not necessarily going into your lane. It's going into mid or it's going maybe for some teams into bot or something. <laughs> uh, and then you will have to like pick something else, you know, and then maybe they pick a champ where you have to, to counter it. And then there you go like really far down the list, you know, like maybe like even the 10th champ that you that you practice, you will have to play. So I feel like, I mean, it depends on meta, you know? There will be metas where you just blind pick a tank champ and then you pretty much only have to play four or five champs and mm -hmm. you're fine. Um, so yeah, I think right now, right now I'm pretty happy with where the meta is, like 
10 champs, maybe even more than that, that I, I'm able to play. It's just Ready for nice. that, that Cassiopeia top? It's possible, yeah. Cassio, Vane. Like, let's see. Let's get you back on carries, man. Let's like. Vane top. Vane top, yeah. Bust it out. I feel like Nuketuck played Vane mid. We've seen a Vane bot lane. I did play some a lot of Vane top in Tolik, yeah. I hear it's good into Urgot. Maybe. Ooh. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. All right, before we continue any further, um, every week now on Euphoria, we want to take a second. Obviously, we don't want to look too far back. There's a lot of times across LEC content where you get the chance to look back at the previous week. But one thing we do want to give out are some, let's say, weekly awards for some special plays and special moments uh, in the LEC. And and first up is the most awkward play of the week. This one goes to Schalke, and specifically Abadage and Upset, who teleported bot lane one at a time, slowly but surely realizing that they could no longer cancel teleport. As So you were stuck under towers of Kali, but the rest of your team was just killing them one at a time as they ran in like lemmings. That was... That was the best reminder ever that teleport could not be canceled. That was brutal to watch. I'll say this, though, for Shalka. I just think that their inbuilt synergy from day one is so high. Like, you don't expect a team that hasn't really played together to be that on the ball of, like, the trust fall. You're TPing. I trust you. We're going in. In this case, they were wrong. <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> I like that change, actually. I like, um, I like the TP change because, I mean... Because you got more kills because I teleported one yeah, hundred. <laughs> yeah, I mean, also in the in in the same game actually, I think Orama TP bot or something, and mm -hmm. we were like, normally he would just cancel, you know, like he TP it and his team just died, and then we were like, wait, he TP it, kill him, kill him, kill him, you know, like that. That was literally our comps. Like we're just we we see one target, we kill him, we we call the next one, you know. Then we see a TP and we know he can't cancel and. It's just another free kill. You're just know, waiting so. there like wolves. <laughs> You're like, yeah, yes, I'm, please. But of course, like as a as a top laner who uses TP every game, it's, I mean, it's a nerf. But I, I still like the change. I think it's it's pretty nice, like for competitive play as well. It's it's just really funny. I'm gonna be honest. It's just really funny because good TPs are really good and bad TPs are just hilariously bad now. Like. like it feels like it can't just be used as a band-aid because you have to follow through on the TP. You can no longer just use it as like a zoning tool to be like, I'm just going to press the Hey, stop all inning. This yeah. is, I'm <laughs> using my TP. Don't you keep fighting. Children, separate, please. <laughs> um, aside from the most awkward play of the week, there's the BM moment of the week. And this one was hard. There's two. So my personal favorite was Origin picking Vayne mid into Fnatic and then smashing them with it. I feel like taking a team's special cheese pick that's like unique to them that no one else has really played and then bashing them in with it is just a, is a particular hype moment. Felt really special for Nukeduck just sitting there smacking through Nemesis. Pretty brutal start for Fnatic too. But the second one is G2 shouting Fnatic when they won their first game. <laughs> Sir? High quality BM. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. It was mainly... I, I, it was not mainly my idea, but... <laughs> We were like standing there in the huddle, and then uh, I come think, on, sell someone out. Who's who was <laughs> it? Okay, who was okay. the voice? <laughs> and, and Carlos was there too, also our owner. Yep. Um, and we were like, okay, so so what do we do? We I said like maybe Fnatic, Fnatic on three, and then he was like really hyped on the idea, you know, like also lot. And we were, I mean, <laughs> we didn't really have to convince anyone because it was funny. That's just what we do. So uh, yeah, we did shout Fnatic. Yeah. I mean, it's it's fair, you know, like they went 0-3, they have to like get some compensation. Yeah, I, I was, mean, was going to say, you're the only there. team to shout Fnatic after a win on stage this week, so good for you. Yeah, it was the only Fnatic the crowd heard, though. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> okay, they're already dead. Well, they're not dead yet. They're 0-2. I think, I think the, the Vayne pick, though, into, um, into uh, Fnatic, 
Yeah, it was. I mean, it is Caps's pick. It's not really like Fnatic's pick. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I mean, he was on Fnatic when he pulled it out, and uh, Nuke Dog, even though. I mean, it didn't look like he played, like he practiced like a lot of lane. It's a really good matchup, so he managed to get really far ahead in the lane and then take over the game. So that was good for him. You know, Reddit's just going to clip that comment that said it didn't look like he practiced a lot of Vayne. And they're just going to be like, see, Vayne I mean, is to, broken. I mean, to be fair, like in team fights, I felt like he could have he could have auto-tagged a bit more. Of course, like it's not as fresh of a memory in my head yeah. right now how the game went, but it felt like he, he, he didn't play like perfect, but he's also a mid Bit player and that's fine. I don't know. Yeah. Shout out to everyone on Reddit who's like, oh, this is why Vayne is broken. This this right here. Or the Attila game where two tanks leap into a vein. And they're like, see, this is right here. Uh, he he just, didn't he did it, like he played worse. Okay. So he's an AD carry player. Yeah. And he played way worse than Newcook. But okay, can I just get your opinion? So you remember the triple kill highlight play? Mm -hmm. Was that a highlight from Attila or was that literally Are you talking about when Xerxes yes, picked them when, off? When Splice literally threw two tanks at a vein and their all their damage dealers were nowhere nearby. Yeah, I mean, I think, I don't remember how he got the first kill, but of course, like, Zack ulted him into Sivir, and then yeah. he killed both as well. Um, I'm not quite sure, actually. It was not a highlight. It was more like Vayne was pretty strong at that point, and he was playing into double tank, I believe. Yeah. Well, he was playing into Zack, at least, which is like, if you're playing Vayne and they have a tank jungler, then you're most likely going to have a good time later in the game. So, um, I wouldn't call it a highlight, but... He just showed that Vayne on like, I believe he had like three items. Mm. It's pretty, pretty OP, yeah. All right. Well, there you go. That's the week one under the books. But before we go any further and looking at the current season, wonder, this is the first time we've had you on the show. Uh, and in kind of tradition on the show, we wanted to take a second to look back at some of your history. Um, now, you've played across a lot of different lineups, mostly G2 and Splice, but also before Splice was Splice, it was Follow Esports. And before that, it was Dig EU. So you've had a lot of time uh, in the League of Legends scene. So I'm curious, what, what got you started on League? Like, what was your, like, first step into League of Legends? Well, I mean, my cousin introduced me. So that was, like, my first step. I was uh, at that place for, like, maybe, like, a birthday, something family. Yeah. Um, so you just, like, left and played video games? No, I mean, like every he, he, family he, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, you, of course, like normally you, you eat first and then uh, my cousin will go. I mean, we were not that old at the point. Like it was uh, preseason one. So it was like in, I don't know if it was beta, beta at that time, but at least rank was not out. And uh, we went to yeah, his PC and he showed me the game. And then I just started playing. So I played mostly with him. And it was also through him that I got to learn Senkooks and pretty much like, that's where we started playing like all three and like some more as well. Um, that was, and then, I mean, I was like not that good for a long time and mainly in season three, I started like, started getting like high diamond, uh, like diamond one ninety nine OP where you, there was like 50 spots in challenger and you had to like sit there and get plus yeah, zero, like plus 20 zero times. for like 30 games in a row. Yeah. That was a good time. So that was basically, I was a jungle at that time as well. And that was like basically how I started playing professionally. Did you ever one-trick a champion in your early days? Like, what was the one trick? Did you one-trick to get to Diamond or anything, or did you always play a lot of different stuff? I played a lot of different stuff, but when I got... Uh, I mean, I was a jungler in Season 3, and mm -hmm. when I transitioned into more, like, solo lane, I was not really one-tricking, but I played, like, mainly Aurelia and LeBlanc and Akali. <laughs> that was, like, my three champs, which <laughs> I, like, I had, like, more than 300 games on. Uh, Just as a reminder, at some point, 
Aurelia wasn't OP and toxic, as many of you might be thinking. This oh, man yeah, actually earned, Aurelia. This man earned and, his way up, and Akali wasn't broken either. That was for old a long Akali, time. too, yeah. Yeah, right now, that, that would probably right seem. Right now, people would be like, you, wow. don't, you don't even deserve that. Like, take that away from him. Strip this man of his challenger border. Yeah. I mean, I was playing the Blanc, I remember, with the old Morello as well, like the really OP one, where you bought, like, some people bought, even bought two of them. They gave like 20% CDR and like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of AP. So I was building like Morello and Trinity Force and Static Shift on the Blanc. And I was playing like both mid and top. And I was just like, uh, I mean, I was like kind of trolling every game. <laughs> Not taking away from him. <laughs> no, it's good. I like that. That's more exciting for me. And the then, Trinity Force, Static Shift, LeBlanc. So, so actually like at that time I played mid and top lane because I played like Aurelia mid and top. I played LeBlanc mid and top and Akali as well. So I was not really like stuck on a roll, I guess. But then I decided, since I guess um, every top laner was kind of bad in season four, I felt like at least, um, that I would want to main top lane. Nice. Are you a grinder, do you think? Do you think that you just like run headfirst into solo queue and then just have to put out like 50 games? Or do you think things just come very naturally and it's more so that you get a lot of your growth from scrims? I think, I, I, for sure I get mostly like all my growth from uh, scrims. Uh, probably like, Previously in my career, I would grind a lot of lot more solo queue than I do now, at least. Um, especially when I was not a team, of course, because that was kind of the only thing I had. Um, but right now, I feel like I don't really need to, or like it's not that necessary. And I feel like solo queue as well is like it's mainly matchups and like lane phase, and then after that, especially as a top laner, because most of your team just wants to fight 24/7, so it's not really like any. You don't really learn, okay, do I win side then against this or this? You just like group up and you just head first in 5v5 and then <laughs> you win the game, right? Or lose the game. Uh, so I don't really feel like I need it that much. But obviously, if I don't play a solo queue game before scrims, I'm going to like feel a bit more rusty or I'm going to feel like a bit a bit more delayed than, than what I would usually do. What was the breaking point for you when you, were, when you first thought, like, I'm good enough to be a pro player, like, this is something that I actually want to pursue? Was there, like, a single moment? Was like, did you reach, like, a certain LP and you're like, I can do it? Is it when you finally picked up Maokai? Yeah, I mean... Which are for the first time, and you looked at that damage reduction back in the day, and you're like, ooh, this is my life. I mean, I was pretty, like, when I got Challenger and stuff, I was pretty young. So I was, like, 14, 15. Um, and then I played with Senkooks, uh and later on, Cobb as well, and this bit, like the guys I actually qualified to LCS with. And I guess around that time, I felt like, I mean, I was like kind of semi-pro because I played Challenger Series, right? But I felt like I could go pro, at least because I wasn't old enough to play LCS yet. Uh, but I was still like kind of at that level. And I felt like if I just kept my growth up, I could probably join LCS when I was 17. And then I actually qualified when I was 16, turning 17, so. I did, yeah. I mean, you guys were effectively like a Danish super team when you had Sinkux, Kabi, and you. And the idea was is that when you guys were initially going to qualify, you what, we, we couldn't play the game. And then uh, it turned out that even if you guys had won, that because you guys were still so young, you wouldn't be able to go into the LCS anyway. And so you had to try to qualify twice, I believe. Yeah, the first, the first I think it was Spring Split. We got fourth place, which, I mean, isn't that good, but it was still enough to get us, like, just, just into playoffs. But because me and, and Senkooks at the time was on the age, we actually couldn't, we could play, we could play, like, the initial, like, six games in Challenger Series, but we couldn't play playoffs. Oh, because uh, if we play playoffs, that would mean we 
could qualify to LCS potentially, right? And since we were on the age, we had to like get subs in. And since we didn't have any subs uh, before the, I think the lock lock-in for for rosters was submitted, uh, we had to just forfeit our game or like forfeit our spot to the fifth place. Um, so yeah, I mean, even though that like kind of sucked, we weren't that good in spring, and it was only in summer when I think we got obvious instead of broken shot, and we got Nisbet instead of Voidal, I think we had, and Cobb instead of Crazy Cups. I think we actually like changed a lot of the a lot of the team that we started performing really well. So I actually um, forgot you played with Crazy Cups. That's so wild. It's so actually crazy because so many people in esports you, you see after they come to four player Crazy Caps, you know. Oh yeah, even like even before that, like before that I played Danish tournaments mm. and that was like season three, season four, like I jungled against Cold. I played against Jesses, you know. I played against uh, Sven when he was not in Origin yet. I played against so many players that you would know now. But yeah, I mean, back then it was like the Danish team was actually pretty strong. The back Danish then. team was super strong. Do we? But the, right now it's like I, I'm not quite sure what's going on in the Danish scene. I'm I, looking I'm forward. Team Liquid is going to build an office in Denmark just to just to scout new players, just to like hand out pamphlets, like come to NA, come to NA. Please, yep. sir, come down here. But the thing is, is that um, when you think about like Danish prodigies or Danish superstars, I feel like your name doesn't come up enough. And we were talking about this a bit before this idea of when people looked at that initial team, um, a lot of people What became were, the splice lineup? Yeah, what became the splice lineup? A lot of people were getting behind the likes of like Syncux and Kobe. And while they've both had career highs and Kobe like a very established player, I don't think anyone would have put their money on you to be like the guy who skyrockets to the top and becomes like a true, like you are a part of what makes G2 the super team now, especially after your, you know, breakout world's performance or your most recent international performance. Do you think like, what do you think separated your career trajectory from like Kabe's and Senkux's? Yeah, so I think, um, I think when it comes to like uh, the, the initial like hype for our team, it was mostly coming from from the Challenger Series games we played, and admittedly, like we played what like Senkuks and Kope and like just everyone in general played really well. And it's like understandable that mid AD, like it's the carries and it's the ones that actually like really like it's the two people that actually like really carried uh, a lot of our wins in the Challenger Series. Uh, and I didn't play like I mean I was fine. I was I I could I could play the game, you know. I could I could hold my own, but I didn't like. Back then, I, did, I didn't really look at any other games in the past, but uh, I didn't probably didn't play that well. And then the first split I had as well, I didn't play that well either. I mean, I was kind of deemed the worst top laner in in the split, like in 2016 spring. Uh, but I feel like I picked up on a lot of stuff, and I feel like I was never like bad mechanically or like bad as a, like an individual player. But it was mostly just like the general knowledge of our team back then was like so weak compared to all the other LCS teams that we kind of like fell short when it came to picking up CS and side lanes or like making sure that we could set up good good situations for top laners to TPN and stuff like that. So I was like left alone to just die on the side lane and like left alone <laughs> to just, I mean, basically I just had to suck it up every game, right? Because there was like no way I was going to do anything against uh, the kind of caliber of play that the LCS had to offer in the first split, uh, where like AD carry mid, even jungle to some extent had like a bit more impact uh, individually or like could make more things happen on their own. Um, 
but I mean, since we like got more experience and like we started uh, picking up a lot of things from the LCS teams, I could like shine a bit more as well. And that, I mean, came the the next bit in summer. How often do you think a player uh, has to carry the burden of like a team problem? So you say that you know you were left to be the the sheep picked off from the pack, and then you know the audience looks at that, the casters look at that, and they're like, oh, you know, wonder, worst top laner in the league, what's he doing, he's dying all the time, mm-hmm. when in reality it's probably a massive team miscommunication where they're telling you to go to the side lane to pick up the farm, and you're just following directions, and then unfortunately you're just the one that ends like 0-12. Like, do you think it's, it's more often than not a team problem versus an individual player problem? I think, like, a lot of issues that come from... Like they stem from team issues as well. It's not like, I mean, if you look from the outside, it's very understandable that you would like look to players and be like, okay, this guy played horrible. And I, admittedly, like I didn't, I didn't play well. You know, it was not like <laughs> it was not like my team just helped me. Like it was not like it's, I was. It's all Sengkaku's fault. It was not like I was jailed, you know, or something. But uh, <laughs> I feel like a lot of it was it, it, a lot of it when it comes to like losing teams uh, in general, and also like our team, we had no veterans or anything. We had like no direction pretty much in the start uh so a lot of it is just us trying to make something happen and when it doesn't go our way or like when it didn't go our way back then we would just like fall flat and we would just like lose the game in 20 minutes and that was pretty much it we would just call it a day and i think uh like because of that a lot of us didn't really get to to shine or show what we could actually do only like senkooks had maybe like Two or three games out of eighteen, where Devil he could Blanc, show yeah. something, you know, like it was it was a horrible split for us, but we still managed to stay in, so we could conquer EU or almost conquer EU in the next split. Almost conquer EU, yeah. That was actually such a huge turnaround for you guys, and then the road to Worlds, and despite getting in that group of death, you guys did have a pretty. I mean, you made the most of that group that you did have. There were a few games. Senkux especially was, I think, the guy that a lot of people looked at as like, oh wow, Senkux is good. You can go toe to toe with these people. Mm. But for you. I asked you before, like, when did you feel like you were good enough to be a pro? When did you start to feel like you were a top, top laner, right? In any, was there a moment where you're like, I'm actually, like, I can take on anyone? Or, because there was a period of time where you talk about, like, being left alone, left to die, not knowing where to need to go. When did you get that confidence that you knew where you needed to be and what you needed to be doing? Well, I mean, I think, I believe it happened, like, as early as summer, so the next split. I mean, I was also voted by a lot of like pro players and stuff like that as the actually all pro I believe in 2016. Mm. Um, I think you mean you don't like hang that achievement on your wall and like you're not able to just immediately request it from I your resume. Like, it's I was like, going to pick it up, you know, I was going to pick it up like, oh yeah, that was 2016 <laughs> summer. But no, actually, um, I think like I always believed that I could as like an individual player like stand up to pretty much anyone in you even when I joined LCS, even though we, even though I didn't play well, um, but I think since we got like our our stuff together when we were in this in the summer split, uh, I could like I had more confidence in myself and more confidence in the team. And then after that, uh, it was like pretty pretty smooth from there. And and I mean, you had to have confidence. You were one three oneing literally every single game. Yeah, you were left true. on your own to fight. <laughs> it's it's true. Yeah. I mean, the meta, the meta was also like pretty fun in that in that split. I remember, like, I was playing some Fiora, I was playing some GP and and, and champs like that that I have like had a history with and like mm. I've known to 
like playing? See, you had to feed all of those games because now on G2, you guys are able to play the 1-3-1 like flawlessly comparatively to so many teams yeah, internationally. That was the experience value. He exactly. spent an entire you were season. You molded by it. Yeah, I mean, thank God I don't play tanks, right? Because <laughs> that, would be, that would be awful. Uh, as a last question, what do you think is like the most important thing that you've learned or the biggest growth that you've had kind of as an individual since coming in? Because you started, I mean, you're still one super young, right? And you came in you were trying to come in at like 14, 15, mm. and you've been here now in competitive league and, and EU LCS slash the LEC for, for a long time. Is there like one thing that you think that was like a big thing that you learned or took away? Well, for for in-game stuff, obviously since I was just a solo queue player, very young, um, I didn't really know like all the aspects of team play and I didn't know like when I, when sometimes I had to give up and when I had to be, when I had to like just lose gracefully and let my team do the work um, and which is something of course I've learned now with my three years in LCS or now LDC sorry if that's all good I mean it was LCS back then so I hope now I'm it's excused. LEC you had three years in LCS now yeah. it's LEC. and what does the LEC stand for Dragos? League of Legends European Championship it took an entire off season for me to say that right I literally said it wrong four, I, four I episodes I would have got that wrong like, to be fair <laughs> I would have got that wrong if you asked me but, um, yeah I mean uh, I learned like just the team play aspect as mm -hmm. a whole. And I guess as a person, I like I kind of grew up playing this game. So yeah. I, like when I was 15, I kind of 16, I guess, kind of turned pro. So I've lived my life like in a gaming house pretty much, like since like my, I guess my teenage life almost in a gaming house. So that has been an experience as well. And I guess I've grown as a person too. What do you think is the strangest, like I know it was just like a sentimental moment and I like really appreciate it, but do you think there's going to be a moment when you're like 35 and you just do something strange, like, I don't know, eat cereal out of a cup and you're just like, this is, this was born from my <laughs> habits of learning. What's wrong with eating cereal from a cup? <laughs> Has the, yeah, I guess it's good. Do you, do, have, do you have any weird habits you think as a pro gamer that you're going to like look back on and be like, why, this is such an odd thing that I do. And I like, this is like something unique to growing up in a gaming house, right? I don't. I don't believe I have like weird habits. I'm just like kind of lazy, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I like. Of course, I have to like do chores and like wash my clothes. I, I guess that's like more than most people at my age. They probably make you do, do, do laundry. Those animals. <laughs> my own laundry, even. How could they? Yeah, I know. I mean, uh, I don't really have like any anything I do like in particular. I guess I'm. I'm raced, probably. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> I don't know. Do you ever look at some of your teammates you just like these filthy animals? Oh, yeah, animals? for sure. For sure, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna... Okay, I guess I can say perks. Name names, perks. name names. <laughs> I mean, perks, like, sometimes you would just see, like, a random sock somewhere, or, like, clothes, or, like, clothes everywhere in the bathroom, you know? And you, you of course, you know, like, who the person is by now, but it's always, like, it's always perks. Like, he's, I don't know, I, I don't know how he could ever live on his own, but... He'd like Actually, to... he would hate me. He, would, he doesn't watch. He told me, it's fine. I don't watch you for anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> He's been on twice at least. Well, maybe he watches his own episodes. So. All right. That's fine. That's fantastic. Then we'll hold on to side. Let Perks know. Maybe this will get him to watch an episode. Ask him if he's picked up his laundry yet today. That's how we'll, that's how we'll get him in as a viewer. That's how we'll try oh, yeah, and, and also, like, he, he forgets everything, you know? Like, he just, like, he puts his stuff everywhere. And then he's, he asks us, like, 20 minutes, 20 minutes later, where is my phone? Or, like, he says, I've lost my charger. And I've lost, like, we have, like, a bracelet for going to the gym. So, yeah. like, uh, I guess, like, a gym card or gym key. Mm. And... Like, he loses that every time, and it's 20 euros every time he loses it, right? So I think he's paid, like, three times by now, and, like, sometimes he borrowed 
Um, like he borrowed Janens when he was on the team, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Risky move. Yeah, he just borrowed <laughs> his and then... Yeah, well, yeah. I don't think people are going to loan perks to their bracelets. If no, it, it's bracelet. a really important thing that you have to be really cautious when you loan perks something. Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. And that transitions us perfectly into the next topic, which is this season and, and the quote-unquote G2 super team. Uh, Frost pointed out, you basically already said G2 is the real super team, that Misfits ain't got nothing on you guys. Oh, to be fair, and I just say this because of the caliber of competition that G2 faced in their first week versus Misfits. Now, SK looked good, and Misfits spanked SK, but Origin also looked very strong and very compelling, and G2 smashed Origin. So I'm just saying that I think that Origin right now looks a bit better than Fnatic, and so by <laughs> properties and rules of principle and rock, paper, scissors, clearly it must be G2. By properties and rules of principle and rock, paper, scissors, folks, that's analysis. <laughs> yeah, I actually believe that like before we went into our games week one, I actually thought that Origin and Schalke were like the two strongest teams right now, and I still somewhat believe that Origin and Schalke might even be like top three with us. Um, so That's a big gap then between everyone else. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, yeah, it might sound like really cocky, you know, because we just like won super hard against both teams, right? So who is there really like to compete with us if, if I say that right? But I think, of course, we didn't like scrim against them or practice them because we had to play them in week one. So there's like a limited sample size, but I feel like their players are really good. Um, and I feel like when we actually practiced against them, that was like before Christmas break. I feel like that was like mm. the team that gave us the most trouble. And uh, just looking at the roster, it seems pretty, or I mean, it, it, it could be like a potential potential top three team. So I'm ready. I want to see how the rest of the, the top of the table shapes up. But I'm curious from your perspective, we're now seeing kind of the fruits of your labor coming into first week. We'll see if it continues as well as we move forward. But um, Caps joining your team. Perks swapping to 80 carry. We've had a lot of perspectives on it. Um, oh, I got a question. Does Perks backseat mid lane with caps? Like, does he pick a matchup? And do you just hear from the comms? Did you interrupt me to ask if he backseat mid lanes? <laughs> <laughs> That's not how that matchup works, caps. I think it's actually mostly us backseating Perks. <laughs> it's like more us. Like, he, he, he Where's gets, your like, gym bracelet now? <laughs> like, he, he gets really, like, he, he's the one that gets, like, the most. I guess like comments, or, like he's the one that gets the most triggered uh, recently <laughs> at least, because um, like he would pick a champ and then me and Caps would both say we can play that too, and we can, and then like sometimes we would even say we can play it better, and then <laughs> and he would like show us a clip and he would say oh, I played so flawless here, no mistakes, and then me and Caps would, would stand there and look and we'd be like, what was that? What was that? That was like a big mistake, right? And then he's like. Yeah, I guess, and I don't oh, know, it's, it's no. not... So what you're telling me is that G2 are like the Beatles, and Perks isn't even the best drummer in the Beatles? He's the Ringo he's star? Ring, he's the oh, yeah. Ringo star of G2. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't... God, don't say that. <laughs> I mean... I mean, he played really well in week one, right? Like in the LCS games. There you or go. LCS. Recovery. LCS. Recovery. Recovery. Do not, do not <laughs> call. That is a big condom. You cannot condemn someone to being the Ringo star of anything. Even Ringo star doesn't want to be the Ringo star. A, he's still alive. <laughs> True. B, he voices Thomas the t- the tank engine. That's terrifying. Makes sense why that's scary. Sorry to derail. Continue. <laughs> I got other fun facts. <laughs> I mean, that's completely fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean... Okay, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll admit, like, we have done, like, some, some role swapping, and, like, I've played, like, I play AD carry as well, you know, and I've played some Ooh. AD carry as well, but it's not, like, of course, like, we're not gonna just end it, but... 
It's not right. going to end it. So <laughs> in your perspective, least. the original question that I had before we needed to talk about you stealing my water and being a backseat, uh, potential backseat. Wonder quickly grabs it. It's like, I got to yeah, drink this before. Drink before she's, she's a water thief, dude. Unquenchable thirst from Frosker in here. Um, oh, you know me, very thirsty. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay. Um, anyway, what was the process like for, for getting caps and perk swapping to AD carry? And how much of this did you see? Or did you just like go to Leafs for offseason and you came back and they're like, hey, perks is an AD carry now and we got caps? Like, did you were did you know about this process happening? Were you like bought in, or did this kind of just happen? Well, I knew about it because I, I feel like um, because I guess our core was like me, Jankos, and Perks. That's like the the three remaining players, right? So Jankos is the kind of type that is he he's like he trusts us and he's like fine. He doesn't really mind too much. He believes that whatever we will do or whatever we will change in the team uh, will be will be good and will be like the best possible possible option. So he's like he was like kind of out, you know. He, of course, like he knew what was happening, but he was not really giving his two cents on it or anything. But uh, me and me and Luca were talking, I guess we were talking all about it, and he had voiced his opinion that he wouldn't mind swapping to AD. And I, I personally, I wouldn't mind him swapping to AD either. So it was like kind of, I guess, an easy transition. Um, but obviously, if he had to swap to AD, we either had to get a really good mid laner or he would have to stay mid lane and we would have to get a really good 80, you know, if we had to change at least some part of the team. So there was never a discussion that Caps might swap to 80? It was always just always going to be Luca. Uh, yeah. Is was, this something that there's never been a, a discussion that Caps would want to roll swap. I mean, that would be like a pretty... I mean, if he wanted to, of course, I would. I would like. I wouldn't be opposed to it. But what if he like came to you and he was like, "I want top lane"? Does that make you the new? Well, then I would, I would play mid lane. Yeah. I, I think I would rather play mid lane than top lane. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, ooh, next week, uh, or I mean, I guess this week, we play against Rogue. So maybe I will play mid lane against Senkoks. You're gonna pull out your your solo queue jungle. You Yankos could win most flexible. BM of the week if you roll swap to mid late to beat your former team. That would win most BM of the week. Just telling you right now. Just as an option. Just to tell you. We well, will talk about it next episode. Well, or maybe like, uh, because we also play Excel, right? So expect this top lane. Maybe Perks will be a top laner. Oh, we should make the better better solo kill on Syncox. No, because I don't ever want to like directly influence in game in the sense that like I don't ever want him to run it down in pursuit of a solo kill on Sen. <laughs> I'll just die on the tower. And you know? Actually, like influence. <laughs> so you know he doesn't I mean? have like, to grow a mustache. If, if we have a bet where he needs to win, that's great. If I do a bet where one just like G two is not going to win, I'm not going to let him make that bet. Like that's just messed up. He's like, yeah, I'm just going to run it down all game. We're going to lose for sure. How much do you want to put down on that? <laughs> you can't do that. It's not okay. <laughs> um. Had Perks like dropped hints about swapping to AD carry before? Had he like, is it something that he considered, or was it just kind of like we need to make a change and this is what I think it is? I mean, he was he was always second role AD, mm. I suppose. So he played a lot of. I mean, he played Funnel as well. He played like a lot of AD champs. He played Lucian mid. I guess like Cork is kind of an AD carry as well. He played. Wait, like you're telling me Reddit was wrong when they made all of that analysis that Perks couldn't play AD before preseason. I mean, to be fair, like he didn't. I mean, all the traditional creative carries like Caitlyn, Sivir, and, and champs like that. He, of course, had to practice. I mean, it goes without saying. I mean, he he can't just play every single champ in the game. But, um, I mean, if if someone has to roll swap, it will probably be him. I mean, mid laners in general, like they play a lot of champs, just like top lane. I mean, I guess we have like the two 
biggest, I guess, champions yeah. like diversif diversified. Because you're metas. most affected by the meta at the end of the yeah, day, right? And like your we, champions we, are so different. Like in top lane, I probably played like I think I, uh, we looked up the stats recently because. Uh, Perks thought he played like more champs career total than I did. Oh yeah, he forgot about the splice. Yeah, he, he, forgot. he forgot about I had, splice. I had, like, <laughs> I had like 47 or 46 champs and he has like 36 champs, you know? Maybe get it will be different now that him. he roll swapped. Because I mean, now he, of course he can play more. Does, that, so feel like, does that feel like cheating though? It's, it's like a bit cheating, yeah. It's build a bit cheating, yeah. But, but to be fair, like if he plays AD, he's most likely not going to play 46 different yeah, champs. Yeah, I was going to say he's going to play seven, maybe a couple majors in there too. Yeah. Um. So I think one of the big concerns that comes out is that people are like, one of the things that's kind of broken a lot of super teams in the past is like this clash of egos, or at least that's what's theorized. Mm. Um, now, right now, it seems like everyone on your team is great friends. Everything is going well. People can see it when you guys are like rock, paper, scissoring for blue buffs and you're making fanatic jokes and you're like joking around and having a good time. Are you worried about the team environment if you guys start to lose? Uh, not, not actually at all. I mean, I think all of our all of like our entire roster is very very good at taking losses uh even if we lose i feel like we will bounce back pretty well i don't think i mean like in my history i've been on a lot of teams that generally takes losses pretty well i've actually never been on a team that kind of like feels down maybe like two or three days after a loss in in lc or whatever so i i don't really know like what it's like to have kind of a like a team that is like very tilty or, or anything like that. So I believe the team is the same. I mean, I don't see how, because I've played with Miki before, right? Uh, and I know Jankos and, and Perks, they are not like that at all either. Um, and Caps doesn't strike me as the person that would take a loss really badly. I mean, at least if he's in a good team environment and like everyone is uh, having a good time. I mean, of course we want to be serious and we are not taking losses slightly or like all this young book memes, you know, like where we're just laughing after the game. Um, but we are not going to be down as well. And we're like always going to keep wanting to improve, you know. That's what I think is at least great about this team is that like our ambitions and goals are like the same. So pretty much all our goals is out of EU, even though we want to, of course, yeah. win EU as well. Like we have like similar ambitions. So. We always strive towards like the same goal, even though we lose. We you, always, outside of like raw mechanical talent, which is obviously a big strength of your team, uh, do you think that's like the biggest strength is that you guys are all on the same page that you all agree about what you want and what you're shooting for? I think, I mean, at least it's a very good thing, right? Um, that because like, I'm not gonna lie, I've, I haven't always been on teams where everyone wanted like the same thing in their careers or in their life. So I feel like right now we are all very similar in that sense. And that's also a thing that I really like about this team is that when we talk about the game or when we think about the game, we are talking about becoming the best players in our roles. You know, we want, we don't just want to be the best in EU. We want to actually just be the best, you know, so that's a good thing. Yeah. Do you think that your uh, victory over Royal Never Give Up and the fact that, you know, there's a very real way that that bracket works out where G2 could have made the same run that Fnatic did. Hmm. Do you think that that's kind of ignited in you guys this idea? Because before it felt like, you know, a Western team's never going to win a world championship and it just felt so far away. And now it feels so much closer. Do you, did you feel like that at some point? And now it's like obtainable and that's the goal? Or have you always just felt like that? And it's only just been, you know... Uh, I mean, I think when it comes to Worlds, um, the 2018 World Championship, I think like a lot of it was, I mean, I would call it luck as well. I mean, we went through play-ins, right? And we got a lot of 
we really like got a good read on the meta and the meta was really good for us. And like ever since probably like season four, season three, the game has, I wouldn't say dumped down, but like people have gotten like smarter about the game to the point where if it doesn't, like the game doesn't change, then everyone is like gonna be on the same page when it comes to like at least how to play the game on a pretty high level. And then it's mostly lanes, uh, mechanical skill and stuff like that, which was kind of the, I guess, meta in a way at Worlds where if you were really good in lane, you had good champion pools, good flex picks and get good matchups for yourself, then it wasn't like that hard to close out the game. It was not like in season five or season six, even when I played Worlds as well, where if you played a Korean team, I remember screaming uh, cool tigers, or maybe they were rocks. They were rocks tigers at that point uh, in, in season six, where they were like in group with G2. Uh, and even though we were ahead, like maybe three out of six of those scrim games, we would always lose, you know, like we would always lose after 20 minutes when Nash was up because they were just like that much better at playing the game. And I don't feel like that's really a thing nowadays. So everything is like a lot more possible. And that's, I mean, that's also like a good motivator for us. It's good to hear too, I think for, as a Western fan, and I think there's a lot of people who, who even if you always felt like this was more attainable or has been more attainable recently, I think the spark has been ignited, especially in the fans, like we can win worlds. Like the West can win worlds, specifically in this case, EU can win worlds. Sorry, NA. Um, not going to happen, guys. It's just not. We're just, we're just better. Um, Frosco, Wonder doesn't see the weakness in this team it looks like right now, you know? Like the team environment is good. The players are good. If G2 is going to fail, how is it going to happen? Like, what would have to happen for G2 to fall apart? I would say that a failure wouldn't happen until almost this, the last hurdle in the sense that right now it looks like you guys are just mechanically, like between champion pools and raw mechanics um, and the ability to flex to get better 1v1 matchups or to curate specific matchups that you guys are just smashing people before the game even really begins from a macro standpoint. And my only concern would be that G2 continue to fly through opponents and then either in a playoff gauntlet or a finals game or let's say an international stage, you guys finally run into a team that are just as versatile, just as flexible, and just as strong mechanically. Great and because fans. you haven't had the... We're all <laughs> waiting for it. I'm just saying, sorry, I just throw it in there. We're all waiting for it. Griffin versus G2, MSI. And because you haven't had the macro practice on a competitive stage, that that would trip you up at the last hurdle. That would be what I would foresee at this point. Mm. When it comes to like our practice... Like some of our practice is very one-sided as well. And we have also like brought it up that maybe we should not like go for five solo kills in a row, you know? Maybe we should just kill him once or twice and then go <laughs> go try to do some stuff together as a team, you know, to actually practice more aspects than just You're like killing pulling people. the R key off of Yankos' keyboard, just like, yeah. come on, you can't play with this one this time no, around. I mean, I mean, also like when it comes to draft, you know, we're also trying to draft champions that would not necessarily smash early game that hard. I mean, of course, like, we want to win games in LEC, but, like, we also played Kartus and we played into, like, strong champions in lane, and, I mean, we still managed to, to smash them pretty easily, yeah. I guess, but uh, we are, like, not trying to, we're not trying to just, like, snowball through everything, you know? Uh, when it comes to, to, like, the good teams right now, I felt like, actually, at Worlds, um, there were teams not like qualified to Worlds that were better than, I mean, maybe not better than IG, but like better than pretty much every other team. So like Dam one we screamed against at that point and probably Griffin, because they're pretty good now, they would probably be better as well. So um, maybe maybe this World Championship, uh, Korea is going to take over again. 
and with together with China, and maybe it will be even harder for us to actually do something. Uh, so, but until it happens, I have faith that we can do good things. Faith is good. I like that. Now, how much faith do you have is the question because we need a bet for this week, and we kind of planned one ahead of the show. Now, to confirm, do you want the goal? The bet is around a perfect first half of the split. Wonder we wanted to also easy it out, so you can choose perfect split, or was it eight one? It was because we wanted to get you some flexibility. Because if you guys are trying to, you know, like tie your hands behind your back, take off Yankos's R button, mm. then maybe we give you the the eight one. But, but, uh, but, uh, but you have to predict it correctly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but if I, if I predict eight one, and I go nine zero, I still lose. So that's like there. What is the point? You know, <laughs> so you should just he predict nine zero. So you should just. I mean, actually, it, it would it would be easier to win the bet because there's like maybe we we just lose the game straight out, or we just have to like. That's why we can't. We do just have to bit. like run it down. You yeah, know, that's no, one I game. No, that's why we can't do that. Nine zero, perfect half of the split. Can you do the perfect first half? We can. Do that. I mean, I mean, I'm not doing it alone. You know. Yeah, I know you're not with doing it. With my team, do hopefully. You, do you think that your team can do it? I, I think we can do it. Yeah. Nine I mean, zero. I think I believe we have gotten like the harder teams out of the way already. So Origin and Schalke, like maybe if we had like the week we have upcoming week, Excel and Rogue in week one, I wouldn't be as confident to us going nine zero, but. I believe when we've always already beaten Origin and Schalke pretty dominantly, I feel like we can go 9-0. Yeah. And of course, you got Fnatic in Week Four, and Misfits is the the final opponent. Oh yeah, we, I mean we still we still round. have we still have strong teams remaining, you know. But. No, no, I'm just 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 for fans for reference. Your 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 last like pretty much your last two bosses are are Fnatic, hopefully rebuilt mm. Fnatic and uh, and Misfits. I mean, at this point, we're basically asking, can you beat Misfits? Can you beat Misfits <laughs> in Week Five? Is the other is the follow up, which you were saying yes to because you said 9-0. Yeah, I mean. I don't think Misfits is stronger than Origin or Schalke right now, so I think. So I, like I mean, of course, like a lot of things can happen. So Fnatic this, could also be good in f four weeks from yeah. now, even though they're zero three right now. But, but this is the part where you have to disagree, or I have to disagree, to make the better. Oh yeah, <laughs> no way! I mean, have you seen <laughs> Misfits? I mean, I feel like I feel like we don't have to disagree that we can beat every any team, but it's also kind of hard in a B one setting, you know, to actually beat yeah. any team. I mean. I'll, I'm just, not saying you're definitively you just, you the just best. Argue, I just said perfect half of the split. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, all you, I said. You can just argue that at least one game, something will slip up and we will lose, right? That's fine too. Ooh, let's see if we can predict what would happen and slip up. Mm. No, no. We need, to, we need to finalize the bet here. Oh, no, we that's the final bet. He predicts 9-0 if he loses. What does he do? An apology? So we decided apology video. The plan is on broadcast. will be recorded to be run on broadcast. Apologize. Well, are you betting against him? That's the question. Are we betting against him? Well, I have betting? to. Otherwise, there's no bet. Yeah, yes. I mean, or then I will do it. I'll do it if you don't else. want to do it. No, I'll do it with you. We'll do it together. Yeah, together this, as a team. This is why I think it's more fun to predict like what would happen and what would go wrong. No, but th that's extra. That's extra after the core bet. All right, so the core hmm. bet. Perfect you first half of the split up? for G2. If Wonder wins and gets a perfect half of the split, Frost and I have to stand in front of a camera and apologize to the great, the brilliant, the immaculate G2 esports and, of course, the best player of all time, Wonder. Very similar to the Kasing interview, I'd say. We have to praise you. We have to make the world know that we were wrong and that we are sorry mm. together. On the other hand, if you don't get a perfect first half of the split, you have to apologize to us. You have to say, ah, you know, we were overconfident. Frosk and Dracos, you're the best analysts I've ever seen. You know, stuff like that. Stuff that's like really just not true, I see but we're very using nice. the word analyst very loosely. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> if I don't manage to, to win this bet, Hopefully, it's like 
this one game, you know. Hopefully, it's eight and one, and not the next time we see we go like, like four and four and five, you know. I'm like, yeah. In hindsight, there was like absolutely no way we could have done this, but I mean, ho- hopefully, it's like at least going to be an eight and one, you know. If, if I manage to, that's, that's the problem with more long term bets is that it could just go catastrophically wrong. Like, I mean, would just stand there and be like a joke, you know. I would just stand there. Yeah, I mean, right now we are two and seven, so yeah, not quite sure. <laughs> but, We'll hope for the best for you guys. All right, that's your bet for the week. Uh, there are bets from last week that we'll keep you guys updated on um, that I forgot to do at the start of the show. But I lost it, and Yamato lost it. That's so Yamato lost. So we have a bet with Yamato to resolve, and Frost lost, so she's going to dress up like a judge on Ready Check this week. But as a final segment, as always, we took to Twitter. We asked for something this week. You guys gave us your overreactions. Here are a few of my favorites. We'll start with this one from Powell. I think it's says your name, Powell, at Mr. Gromis. G2 will become the new SKT and is going to win three worlds in a row. Quote me on that, Daniel Draco's Frostgrove and LOL Esports, G2 Esports, hashtag Euphoria. Which one's faker? Who's fake? Well, first off, are you going to be the new SKT? And if so... Clearly, yes. Season three or season four SKT? Or season five? I mean, season three SKT was the better one, no? Yeah, I think so. I mean, season four was Samsung, so... Oh, yeah, of course. (laughs) Season three, I think, was, like, the perfect run, or almost the perfect one. Yeah. So So you're season three. I mean, I would would like to be... I mean, I would like to win Worlds, you know? So... Are you faker, then? Are you the faker on this? I mean, Caps is baby faker, right? So he must be the new faker. You can change the narrative, man. It's not not too late. I mean, in season three, it was... It was not Marin. It was um, Impact. Yep. I don't really want to be Impact, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Is there a so, different is there a different historical League of Legends team you'd like to be compared to? Hmm. Edward Gaming. <laughs> no, what? No one likes Edward but really diehard LPO fans. Everyone else is like they won MSI that one time, I guess. Well, I mean, it would have to So uh, of course like Samsung, the Samsung teams were good. Um but I like it. But they didn't really have like that insane top laners actually. Looper and Acorn? I mean it would it would Those be, are your models? No, no, but like it would be if I had to pick teams with like Really, really strong top laners. The shy. The shy. I mean, if if we ha- if I have to talk about like who who the best top laners I've played against these, it would be like the shy and season six QA. Ooh. I feel like those were really good. Um, but I like yeah. That. All right, so you're gonna be the new SKT, but with the shy and or Kube as the top laner because it's just the rest of the lineup is tough. Or is this is this the new? Are you gonna win three worlds in a row? Is this just like the best Western team that has ever existed? Just initial initial feelings. I mean, it's obviously an overreaction, so it's not like I, anyone expects you to lock this into stone right now. But just like, do you do you feel like you're there? Are you ready? Are you ready to be the best team in the world? I I feel ready. Yeah. I mean, I think, of course, I didn't play when uh, the 18-0 Fnatic was playing. That was in season five. Um, but I think we could be like the new thing. Yeah, I, I think we we could even be better than that. I mean, they went to semifinals and lost. So hopefully, we can win three worlds in a row. I would be. I mean, I'm not gonna. Of course, I would want to win three worlds in a row, but I would be satisfied just winning one first. Yeah, we'll start you know? with one. We'll, we'll start, start with one. This right? was a very over. This Mr. Gromis went above and beyond. He not only said one worlds and an LEC and all the necessary things to get to worlds, but but three in a row. So that's a lot. Yeah. That's a I, lot. I think before winning three in a row, I would have to start winning one, and then I can set my goal to like three in a row. That would there be you fine. Go. Um, next one from. Once again, I'm gonna butcher all your names. It's just the way it is. Jacilius, uh, Jacilius. At Silas Posky. Oh my Posky. God. <laughs> Bear with me. Please correct my pronunciation. Do you uh, want me to read it? No. Are you sure? Because then I have to accept that someone else could be better at it and they're not just very hard names to pronounce. <laughs> Fanatic is doomed without caps and will not make playoffs in spring. 
wonder. Doomed without caps. I don't think they're doomed without caps, but they are certainly worse. And I think they're also worse without SOAS. Even though I believe uh, in this meta, Bripo is probably better than SOAS. I mean, we saw it was too, you know, Bripo was playing pretty much all their games. And SOAS was basically subbed in for a Cyan game, I believe. Um, so, uh, but still, like having the flexibility of two top laners, and they probably also taught each other a lot of stuff. And they could also put Bripo AD carry when Reckless wanted to sub himself out. And I'll Do you think that Fnatic is now much weaker now that Reckless cannot sub himself out? I mean, for sure, when they will play against us and we will play a mage against them in bot lane, he would want to sub himself out, but then he will realize, I mean, who does he really have, you know? <laughs> I do think that Fnatic um, find a lot more success, or at least in the three games or three versions. Two and of a half. Two, two we point call it five. Two and a half games that they played on stage. It feels better when Nemesis is put on a champion that's more self-sufficient than something like a Galio in mm. terms of how a Galio's responsibility is to the team more so than to creating their own leads. Although I think AP Galio is pretty. It's really strong. Pretty right now, bonkers right now. I mean, uh, from solo queue at least, which is, I mean, kind of the only thing I can judge him on is. He's like an Asir and Kassadin player, for what I've seen. That's like the two champs he played the most in solo queue. I mean, they're really, I mean, Kassadin for sure, like, is a solo queue champ, right? So he probably got a lot of, I mean, he's pretty high on the on the ladder as well. So he probably got a lot of free wins playing Kassadin. And uh, before that, he played some Asir. I mean, he plays a lot of champs, right? But that's like the two champs I kind of know him for, I guess, when I meet him in solo queue. Um, but Galio is really strong right now. So, I mean, Caps places as well. Even in LCK, I guess, map played it, top lane. So mm. it's like, it's just that strong right now that you can, I mean, you pretty much have to pick it. If yeah, it's nothing like mages that can take Aftershock and then build full AP, am I right? It's a good time for everybody. Yeah. Um, last one, we'll do one more from uh, Bozzy at Paul Bozzy Da. <laughs> it's a DAG. I'm, as an English speaker, this is very difficult. I apologize once again. Please teach me on Twitter, at Daniel Dracos. Uh, G2, will, he had three, but we're going to pick one, and it's G2 will play less than 50 minutes in week two. You have Excel and Rogue. Are you going to, awesome games done quick, speed run your way through this week of LEC? I would say we will play less than 45 minutes. <laughs> that was what we should have bet on. That's a good Damn. bet, too. Less than 45 minutes this week. I mean, these are the two teams that kind of struggle out the gate. I mean, they could also just like pick a lot of champs and just sit on the tower. They can pick and wave, wave clear. champs. They go, oh, and then no, I would sir. lose this bet. <laughs> uh, not a bet, but I would lose. Like I would, I would not be able to go go home with this. But I like it. I'm excited for it. Uh, G2 playing as as we mentioned, Excel and Rogue this week. They're currently 2-0 at the top of the league. Wonder predicting a perfect first half of the split. Uh, this has been episode two of season three of euphoria thank you so much for listening we'll keep you guys updated as the weeks continue should be coming out wednesday morning why am i saying that in the podcast i don't know because i can't just do an outro that's good it just has to always be a little terrible thank you wonder for joining us and that's gonna do it for us here see ya <laughs>